the tongue. We all have one, right? Raise your hand if you have a tongue. I'm looking for 100% participation here. I've got some fun facts about the tongue. The average human tongue is just over three inches long, with the longest one on record, Guinness World Records, just shy of four inches. And no, it's not Gene Simmons' tongue. Uh, how about this? There are anywhere from 2,000 to 10,000 taste buds on our tongue. My wife, Amanda, uh, likes to share a, uh, a fun fact about the taste buds. They die off. This is actually true. They die off every few weeks. And so for years, she's told our boys as they're tasting food and saying they don't like it, you just need to wait a couple of weeks. And we're going to try that again because you're going to have a whole new set of taste buds and you might like it then. This one's pretty cool. Your tongue print is as unique as your fingerprint. Not sure I ever want to find out how that uh, works. But this is the one that was most fascinating to me. Eight different muscles make up the tongue. Eight different muscles. And they never get tired. They never wear out. Does that surprise anyone? Other muscles wear out. Other muscles get fatigued, other muscles need rest, not the tongue. The tongue can just talk, 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 talk. It never wears out. Raise your hand if you know anyone like that. Yeah, I said to raise your hand, not point at somebody. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. They weren't pointing. Well, my name's Gary. I'm one of the pastors here on staff. So glad that you're with us here in this room. So glad for those joining us online as well. Uh, we are in uh, the last weekend of our July series entitled Out of the Mouth. So we are wrapping it up today. And we've been talking about the importance of our words. Because our tongues, our, our mouths, our words they can get us into so much trouble, can't they? Our words have the amazing power to build up, and they have the devastating power to destroy. Proverbs 18, 21 says, the tongue has the power of life and death. And we have a, a simple saying in our home, and it's this, words matter. Words matter. In fact, it's going to be our main thought this weekend. Words matter. And if you have your Bibles or a device, I'd invite you to open up to the New Testament book of James. We're going to sit right in chapter 3 uh, this morning, so you can open up to there. Words matter. They shaped our childhood for both good and bad. Maybe it was a teacher or, or a coach or a relative that changed the trajectory of your life because of words that they shared with you. And hopefully they were speaking encouraging and life-giving words, but I've lived, lived long enough to know that is not always the case. And isn't it so interesting that we tend to forget all the positive words spoken to us unless we you know, do something to remember them, write them down or, or something like that. But we rarely forget the negative words, the hurtful words, the teasing, the sarcasm. The children's rhyme, sticks and stones may break, break my bones, but words will never harm me, is not true. Hurtful words can bruise or scar your soul 
for a lifetime. And there is all kinds of data now connecting hurtful and, and negative words to all kinds of mental health issues. Because words matter. And that's why we've been talking about what comes out of our mouth for five weeks. And in James chapter 3, James is going to address this. And some of you know how James writes. He's not going to pull any punches with this one. And so buckle up your seatbelts, because here we go. James chapter 3, verse 1. Not many of you should become teachers, my fellow believers, because you know that we who teach will be judged more strictly. When you're in a place of authority, like, like a pastor, our words carry more weight. I'll be held accountable by you in this room. I'll be held accountable by those who are with us online. I will be held accountable by God. But this verse also has an implication for anyone who has authority, for anyone who has influence. Parents, school teachers, coaches, business owners, team leads, brothers and sisters, club leaders, it matters how we talk. Our words are shaping others. To my fellow dads in the room, remember your words are so powerful to your kids. And moms, your words are so powerful. Brothers, sisters, aunts, uncles, foster parents, grandparents, really anyone, be careful how you speak because words matter. James goes on in verse 2, we all stumble in many ways, meaning we all sin, we all fall short. Anyone who is never at fault in what they say is perfect, able to keep their whole body in check. And then he gives us a couple of illustrations. Verse 3, when we put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. His point is obvious in both of these. A bit, a rudder. They are so small. They are insignificant proportionately. But they have extraordinary influence and power. Verse 5. Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. It's so small, but so powerful. And consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Some of you have lived in Colorado long enough that you remember the Haman Fire. It's actually this summer, just a couple of weeks ago, would have been the 20th anniversary of the Haman Fire. Happened just a few miles from here. Hundreds of firefighters were involved in fighting it. It forced the evacuation of over 8,000 people, caused $39 million in firefighting costs, destroyed 133 homes, resulting in property value loss of $40 million. It burned over 138,000 acres of land over four different counties, including Douglas County. Took almost six weeks to bring it fully under control, and six deaths were directly or indirectly connected to it. 
At the time, it would become the largest forest fire recorded in state history, and it held that record for 18 years. And it's only because of the fires that we've had over the last few years that it is now the fourth largest Colorado fire. Remember how the Haman fire started. It was started by a fire prevention technician who worked for the U.S. Forest Service. And in the woman's original confession, she claimed she was attempting to burn a letter in a campfire ring from her estranged husband all during a fire ban. It was started by a fire prevention technician. Don't miss the irony of what this story illustrates. Words on paper set on fire by someone who knew better. And the damage was devastating. Our words have the potential for that same kind of devastation. Listen to James, verse 6. The tongue, our mouths, our words, also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. Every kind of evil can be initiated by what we say. A fight can break out in the hallway at school or at summer camp because of words. A flippant text or social media post can ruin a person's reputation. You can lose your job because of your words. A thriving friendship can be sidelined. A divorce can ensue from one slip of the tongue. Children can walk out of, walk out of our lives, sometimes forever, because of hurtful words that were shared. Countries have gone to war because of words. And what's been so incredibly convicting to me throughout this entire series, and again as I was preparing for today, and I'm sure what has been incredibly convicting to you as well is that too many of us have burned and hurt the people we care about the most with our words. My kids. Why would I burn my kids with my words? Because of my impatience, my undealt with anger, my insecurity, or my, my, my spouse, the one I've chosen to do my, the rest of my life with, why would I hurt her with my words? I'd, I'd give anything to take back some of the things that, that I've said to Amanda. My family, my friends, coworkers, I know that I have taken sarcasm or, or joking too far. I think it's funny. People laughed, but it hurt. It burned, and I don't think I'm alone in all of this. And then if we get called out, what do we do? We defend ourselves with more words. Well, I, I was just joking. I was, I was, I was mad. I was, I was just being honest. I was drunk. I lost control. How about this one? I was hangry. Anyone ever heard of that one before? Hangry. I didn't mean it. 
But the truth is, and we all know this, even if you didn't mean to start a fire, the damage still happens. The fallout still is real, and you are still responsible. He goes on, verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind. Such an interesting verse made me curious, so I, I googled this week, wild animals being domesticated as pets in the United States. So here are some animals currently being domesticated so that they can become pets. Wallabies, it's a kind of kangaroo. Prairie dogs, foxes, ostriches, emus, alligators, dolphins. That one kind of makes sense to me because remember Flipper? He seemed like a, a fun pet to have around. There's a certain kind of octopus called a cuttlefish that is being tamed. Minks, that one just scares me. Mongoose, skunks, tigers, and moose. Guys, that's just crazy. Some of these animals are vicious. Some of these animals have, have a killer instinct, but they're being tamed. So let's go back to that verse again. Verse 7. All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed and have been tamed by mankind, but no human being can tame the tongue. Read that last line out, out loud with me again. But no human being can tame the tongue. Meaning we're not able. My tongue, your tongue, it is untamable, James says. It can never be brought fully under control. He says it is a restless evil full of deadly poison. James says, let me show you just how messed up the tongue really is. Verse 9, with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. What he's saying is we can't come here on the weekend and, and be singing, great are you, Lord, it's your breath in our lungs, and we pour out our praise, pour out our praise, and then we get in the car and we start criticizing somebody. Or we start complaining about something. Or we get home or to the restaurant and we start, we start gossiping about someone. Or, or we get online and, and we post an angry rant about some political issue. Or we get to work on Monday morning and, and we cuss out an employee. So that in one moment we're using our words to, to praise and say that God is the most important person in our lives. And then in the very next moment we're ripping on people whom God made in his image and whom he loves. Pastor Bob talked about that last weekend. What is wrong with us? Verse 11. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers and sisters, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear, bear figs? And we all know that the answer is no, neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. 
And then after these 12 just hard-hitting verses where James has basically told us our mouths are messed up and that's not right and something's wrong, he just stops. He just stops. Leaves us hanging at the end of verse 12 and, and he just moves on to a new topic and he never comes back to this. So I was thinking about this this week, and well, James, what am I supposed to do with that? Well, since James just stopped, I thought I'd just stop. And we'll just conclude the Out of the Mouth series right now. Good luck. (laughs) Except we're not going to do that. But why would James just stop? Well, here's what I think. I think James wants us to feel exactly the way we've been feeling this morning. I think he wants us to feel the weight of how much damage we can do with our words or damage that we've already done. I think James wants us to acknowledge just how powerless and helpless we really are when it comes to our tongue. And I want to be clear right now, I'm I'm not talking about shame. James isn't shaming us, you know, telling us what terrible people we are. No, he's helping us understand just how desperate we are, just how broken we are because of what sin does to us. I can't tame my tongue. You can't tame your tongue. No human being can tame the tongue. But God can. And what we are are powerless to do, God has the power to do. And if we want to change what comes out of here, God is going to have to change what's going on in here. And that's why we talk about being people in process here and the importance of taking care of our souls. Our problem isn't our tongue. It's our heart. And so I need to add one more phrase to our main thought. Words matter because they reveal my heart. The way that Jesus said this is found in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. Jesus says, A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Say that last line of Jesus with me. What you say flows from what is in your heart. Harsh words reveal an angry heart. Filthy and dirty words reveal an impure heart. Negative words 
reveal a fearful heart. Jealous words reveal a discontented heart. Judgmental words reveal a prideful heart. Critical words reveal a bitter heart. Complaining words reveal a cynical heart. Lying words reveal a guilty heart. Gossipy words reveal an insecure heart. Our problem is not our tongue. It's our heart. But that's why God sent Jesus. The heart of the gospel is that we can't do it on our own. We need help. God sent Jesus to change us from the inside out. God sent Jesus to give us a brand new heart and to make us more like him. Because encouraging words reveal a happy and generous heart. Joyful words reveal a hope-filled heart. Controlled words reveal a peaceful and content heart. Gentle and kind words reveal a loving heart. Patient and grace-filled words reveal a forgiven and grace-given And that's what I want. And I think that's what you want too. And I think that's what you want for your kids or, or for your grandkids. I think that's what you want for your friends and, and for your family. So what do we do? As we bring this series about what comes out of our mouths to a close, as we head into tomorrow or into our week or even into these next few hours, what are we supposed to do? Well, I've got three words that are going to be easy to remember that I believe are going to help us. In fact, the first word is remember. Second, uh, surrender. And third, confess. So first of all, remember. Remember how powerful your words are. They can be used for so much good and they can be used for extraordinary evil. Remember the power that we have every time we open our mouths, especially when we're frustrated, especially as we're feeling the anger rising up inside because our potential for good and our potential for evil is absolutely limitless. In fact, our words can far outlive us for both good and bad. Some of you are still listening to words from people you haven't seen in years or who have long since died. So remember the power of your words. Then surrender. If you're a Christ follower here in this room or, or with us online, you need to surrender your mouth and your heart to your heavenly Father every day. This isn't just something where we say, okay, got the tongue figured out now, moving on. Nope, 
This is something we need to surrender every day. We need to surrender our mouth and our heart every single day. I love how the Apostle Paul, uh, in his letter to the Romans, said a couple of different times, we are to offer our bodies, or he said in one spot, we're to offer the members of our bodies as a living sacrifice to him. So every morning, we can start our day with with a simple prayer like this. Heavenly Father, I surrender my hands, what I'm going to do today. Heavenly Father, I surrender my feet, where I'm going to go today. Heavenly Father, I surrender my ears and my eyes, what I'm going to listen to and what I'm going to allow myself to watch. And because I know our main thought that words matter, because they reveal my heart, Heavenly Father, I'm going to surrender my mouth completely to you. Because no matter how old we get, no matter how mature we get, no matter how many sermons or church services we we go to or how many verses uh, we memorize, we know James is right. The tongue cannot be tamed. The unpredictability of our words never completely goes away. So we surrender our mouth and our heart every day. And then if you want to take it to the next level... Pre-plan to say something nice in your day. Pre-plan to to say something life-giving or helpful or kind to someone close to you and then do it. Because I fully believe that if we are doing our part in stepping out and forming a new habit of speaking good and, and helpful words and speaking life to others, God will be doing his part in changing our hearts from the inside out. So we remember and we surrender and then we confess because we're going we're gonna to mess up. It's not an if, it's a when. Some of you are going to be so shocked after service today how quickly you find yourself saying something. So we got to confess immediately. When we mess up, we confess immediately. We confess our sin to God, and like we talked about a few weeks ago, we must confess to whoever we just burned with our words. Don't make excuses. Don't try to explain it away. Own it. Don't say, well, I was hangry. Own it. Own the fires you have begun. Own it when you've scorched somebody with your words. Own the criticism, own the complaining, the lying, the gossip. Own all the sarcasm and negative and hurtful words that you've used. Now, the great news, and for for you that have walked with Jesus for many years, the great news is you know this. When you confess your sins to God, he promises to forgive you. That's why Jesus came. He died for our sins. But the only opportunity to bring healing to the people you have hurt is confessing to them. You need to confess that you have sinned against them. So later today or this week, some of you need to apologize to some people. There there are some parents in this room or with us online, you need to ask your children to forgive you. Students and kids in the room, some of you need to ask your parents to forgive you. Some spouses need to ask forgiveness. Friends, siblings, bosses, coworkers, own your fires 
and make it right. So we remember, we surrender, and we confess. Now we're gonna celebrate communion here in in just a moment, and I'm so glad that we get to do that today. You see, James has been reminding us of how desperate and powerless and broken that we really are. Communion reminds us of God's amazing love, his amazing power, his amazing healing, his amazing forgiveness, his amazing grace that is available to all of us. We practice open communion here at Plum Creek, which means the only requirement to participate is that you have a relationship with Jesus. And for those worshiping online, I just encourage you to find some juice or some crackers, something that you can participate with us. For those in the room, I know many of you received the elements as you were coming in. Our ushers are passing them out. Don't open them just yet. It's okay if you do, but don't open them just yet. I'll lead you in a moment. Uh, to when we're going to do that. But if you need the elements, raise your hand high. The ushers are here, ready to pass those out. And would you bow your heads with me? For some of you here or online, this is going to be a sacred and defining moment. I know I, for one, sure needed this sermon series this month. And I needed this reminder from James today. Words are so powerful. And I know I've got some surrendering and confessing to do, and I am sure ready to receive God's grace. And so with every head bowed, how many of you either in this room or or with us online you would just raise your hand with me and say, yeah, Gary, me too, me too. Just slip up your hand. There's hands going up all around. You can put them back down. I just invite you to talk to your heavenly Father who loves you, who wants the very best for you, who sent Jesus for you, And just in your own words, surrender and confess to him. Ask him to change you. Ask him to forgive you and just receive his amazing grace. And while you're talking with our Heavenly Father, there might also be someone here today or or with us online, and, and you have never invited Jesus to be the Lord of your life. You have never surrendered your life to him, but maybe throughout this series or the last few weeks or even today, you're realizing, I need to start a relationship with Jesus. I need his forgiveness. I don't understand it all, but I understand he died for me. And just in in your own words, you can say, Jesus, I want you. I need to be forgiven. I want this brand new heart. I want to be changed from the inside out. There's a scripture that says if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, isn't that great that we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So just talk to to Jesus.
Amen. You can take your elements and open them. When Jesus died on the cross 2,000 years ago, he was dying for all the sins of the world. Every single one of them. He was dying for all of our sins, including all of our hurtful words, so that we could be forgiven. And the bread represents Jesus' body broken for our sins. Let's eat and remember together. The cup represents Jesus' blood shed for our sins. Let's drink and remember together. worship team is going to come in a moment and lead us in a final song so I invite you to stand with me and I'm going to read a prayer of surrender a prayer of surrender over all of us here at Plum Creek Church would you bow your heads with me oh Lord we worship you hear our voices as we sing May our prayers and our worship be set before you like incense. May the lifting of our hands be a symbol of the surrender of our lives, a living sacrifice to you. O Lord, set a guard over our mouths. Keep watch over the door of our lips that we may honor you. Change our hearts, O Lord, because words matter. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the resurrection. Thank you for your forgiveness. Thank you for your grace. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.